0: A quick note before we begin, this episode may contain some content that is discomforting for some listeners. Discretion is advised. It's the morning of December 15th, 2009 in New York City. On a couch on the set of NBC's Today Show sits Cindy and George Anthony. Since the summer of the year before, they've become household names as a result of their granddaughter's death. Today, they're here to give their side of the story and set the record straight. In his wheelchair next to the couple is Brad Conway, the family's attorney. George sits slumped over in a blue button-up with a black vest that has a white button displaying Kaylee's face pinned to it. Cindy is dressed in a red long-sleeved blouse. She's holding her husband's hand as Meredith Vieira sits on the opposite end of the couch and asks her first question.
1: Cindy and George, looking at those pictures of you from the hearing on Friday, I can see the pain in your faces as the prosecutor is detailing what they believe may have happened to Kaylee, how she was murdered. How difficult was it for you to sit there through that?
2: It was too difficult. That's why I had to get up and leave. Um, I was it was difficult to hear but I could also watch the monitor of Casey's face um, because there was a monitor right next to me from one of the local um, stations and I just couldn't bear to listen to it anymore and I couldn't bear to watch it anymore
3: Well, like Brad told us he said you know George and Cindy it's going to get harder before it gets a little bit easier I don't think it's ever going to get easy for us but like Cindy said it was very hard for us to sit there and
0: how um, prosecutor Ashton was just so descriptive of everything which is, it's too hard to take A hint of sadness comes across George as he holds back tears while listening to Cindy answer Vieira's second question.
1: You know, I didn't realize uh, until I was, you know, reading the note last night that it's been 14 months since you've sat with your daughter. You've seen her at these hearings, but you're not allowed to talk to her there. You have not gone to the jail to visit her. Why not?
2: Because... Um, we've been advised not to. I mean, it breaks my heart every day. I'd love to go see her, and that's what I'm hoping that from the motions on Friday that Judge Strickland will grant us
1: the opportunity to do so. But advised not to based on what? Because everything we do or
2: say or anything Casey does, any look that she gives or doesn't give, she's so picked apart. I mean, even even her tears on Friday. I mean, people were just picking her apart. I mean, that's her child. You know. That's her child. Casey loved Kaylee very, very much. And it was, it's unbearable to listen to how someone took her away from us.
0: With their next question, Vieira becomes a little more direct.
1: Cindy and George, uh, do you still stand by your daughter hundred percent, still believe that she is innocent?
3: Well, like I've, I've said many times, I don't believe my daughter could hurt anyone. I really don't believe that. I don't believe Cindy and I could bring someone into this world would want to hurt someone, especially their own daughter. There's just there's just no way.
2: I believe in Casey 100%. I know, you know, I know that she loved Kaylee more than anything.
1: But I know that you also want to know the truth about what happened to your granddaughter. Absolutely. In the course of this trial next year, it became evident that, that Casey was behind the death of her daughter. Is that something that you could accept?
2: I... I can't accept what I've been seeing because I don't believe that they've done a full investigation and I would like them to continue to do so. There's a lot of evidence out there that has not been looked into. I mean, nothing ties Casey to this. There's no motive. There's, um, you know, there's no evidence linking Casey to Kaylee except for the fact that she didn't report her missing and that's the only thing.
0: From FO1 Media, I'm Brad Esch and this is Casey. You can run on for a long
4: time, run on for a long time, run on for a long time. Sooner or later, gotta cut you down, sooner or later, gotta cut you down.
0: June of 2011 felt like the longest month ever to the Anthony family. Seemingly every day of the month was sped inside a courtroom as every detail, both big and small, about the family was drug out into the public eye. But in early July, the Casey Anthony trial would finally come to an end. Its result would force many to second-guess their faith in the justice system. And for others... It would cause them to reevaluate their perspective on those they love most. This is episode four. I saved a life today. It's July 3rd, 2011. The courtroom is packed as Jose Baez and his client, Casey Anthony, make their way to the defense table. Today, the prosecution will give their closing arguments and attempt to put the finishing touches on their case to put Casey in prison for the rest of her life. Jeff Ashton stands and positions himself in front of the jury. He's tall with salt and pepper hair and sports a typical business suit with a red pattern tie. He fidgets with the papers on the stand in front of him as he begins. I
3: want to be the first, and I know I will not be the last, to thank you for the time that you've given us in this case. Uh, We've taken you away from your families, from your lives, for the last six weeks, and all of us appreciate the sacrifice that you've made. Uh, I am happy to say that we came in on the low end of our estimate. We said six to eight, and it's been six.
0: Ashton is referring to the number of weeks that the trial has lasted. After thanking the jury, he motions to his fellow prosecutors to display a video on a monitor for the jury. What appears on the screen is the same minute-long clip of Casey lifting Kaylee into the air on the floor from earlier in the trial. He lets the video play all the way through before beginning his closing argument.
3: It's easy to be a parent. Sometimes. It's easy to be a parent when you're playing with your children. It's easy to be a parent when children are a joy and when children are fun. But we all know that being a parent is so much more than just playing with your children. Being a parent is about sacrifice. Being a parent is about sacrificing your time, about sacrificing your love and about sacrificing your dreams and sacrificing your life.
0: He goes on to tell the jury that this case, in its simplest form, is a clash between what it takes to be a mother and the life Casey Anthony wanted for herself. He says that when Kaylee was born, Casey was given an extensive range of expectations, both from society and from her parents. But instead of facing these challenges and meeting the expectations head on, she chose to lie and avoid responsibility. To make matters worse, Ashton details how when parts of Casey's lies would unravel and become exposed, she would change and fine-tune her story to cover it up.
3: You see, every time you add to the lie, you add to the lie for a reason. Casey's very smart. Casey knows how her mother thinks. She knows she needs to add. So she adds the element of an out-of-town trip to a fun place and another child to play with.
0: Throughout the next 15 minutes, Ashton carefully walks the jury once again through the day of Kaylee's disappearance, leaving out no details. He talks as if he wants to both frighten and sadden the jury simultaneously. As he concludes his recounting of that day, he becomes very animated with his body language and hand gestures as he speaks. So
3: on that morning, Casey knew that she would not be staying at that house, and that neither would Kaylee, because she knew that that night she would be in the arms of her boyfriend and that Kaylee would be dead.
0: Ashton spends the following hour heavily focusing on Casey's pattern of lying. Because of the lack of evidence in the prosecution's favor, they've had to shift the jury's attention to more obvious things, such as Casey's behavior. It's important to note a key factor that truly hurt the prosecution's case more than anything, the absence of an autopsy report. Because of this, there is no way to decisively say whether or not Kaylee was even murdered by anybody, including her mother. To cap off his closing arguments, Ashton gives the jury a simple message, do the right thing.
3: And she died because she could not breathe. She died because she had three pieces of duct tape over her nose and mouth, and she died because her mother decided that the life that she wanted was more important. This murder was premeditated, and the defendant is guilty.
0: It's July 4th, 2011. As Jose Baez makes his way to the stand for his closing arguments, he thinks about how far this case has come. From what seemed like an impossible case for his team to win on day one, to now feeling like he has the upper hand, he's proud of himself for the way he has performed under the national spotlight. However, he knows the job isn't done just yet. He shuffles a short stack of papers around on the stand and puts his hands behind his back to indicate that he's ready to begin. Wearing a dark brown suit with a red tie and baby blue handkerchief, he gives a soft smile to the prosecution team and the jury. After following Ashton's lead and thanking the jury for the sacrifices they've made to be here, he begins his closing statements.
5: Here we are at the end of our journey. And I have to tell you that I probably think you have more questions than you have answers. And if you recall at opening statements, the first, the final thing that I told you, at the end of the day, when everything is said and done, the one question will never be answered. The key question in this case will never be answered. It can never be proven. And that is... How did Kaylee die?
0: In perfect stride with the theme he's carried throughout the trial, he says that there is no way to convict his client with full certainty of guilt. Over the course of the next 45 minutes, he hammers this home by critiquing the way the prosecution has laid out the case for the jury and how their focus has shifted throughout the trial.
5: And that's what I told you from the very beginning, that this prosecution would y- raise the level of desperation to make up for their lack of evidence.
0: As expected, Bias continues to attack every facet of the state's case against the defendant. He points out, among other things, that when the prosecution made the argument that Casey used her neighbor's shovel to dispose of Kaylee's body, it was purely speculation, citing that the neighbors never saw or smelled of the body. He then says that this style of speculation and the piecing together of minimal evidence continued into other details of the case. Baez's closing arguments last three hours almost triple the length of the prosecutions he shows the jury exhibit after exhibit in an attempt to discredit the state's witness testimonies and reaffirm credibility to his own witnesses in addition he drives home the fact that George Anthony Casey's father played a much larger role in the two year old's death than the state is willing to recognize he says that if anybody should be blamed for the cover up of this death it should be him As he begins to conclude his time before the jury, he reminds them of why he is spending so much time on every detail, no matter the significance.
5: Things are just not adding up here. Things just don't make sense. It is so difficult for you to find the truth. If it is difficult for you to find the truth, then this case is not proven. There is reasonable doubt. And remember what I told you about this case in the very beginning reasonable doubt lives here it's throughout the case it's right here it's with these individuals it's with those individuals it's everywhere you can't trust this evidence you can't
0: to end it he makes his plea to what seems like not just the jury but to all of those who have presumed Casey Anthony to be guilty of the charges against her
5: I thank you all Collectively and individually for all of the attention that you have given us and the prosecution and how you've been able to keep an open mind despite every reason not to. I know that it has not been easy. They, this prosecution knows as well. And there have been times where emotions have gotten high. But you're here to fulfill an oath You've labored tremendously over this journey and we're going to ask you to render a verdict of not guilty on these charges because they simply are not proven and they're simply not true.
0: The next two hours of the day is the prosecution rebuttal. Jeff Ashton and Linda Burdick tag-team in their time speaking to the jury, with Ashton going first and Burdick finishing it off. During the rebuttal, the state harps on the same major points as previously argued. Casey's behavior is troubling at the least, George is completely innocent of any wrongdoing, and the defendant has absolutely no regard for anybody's life that isn't her own. Once the rebuttal is complete, the court is recessed for the day. The jury is notified of their next steps as they enter the deliberation phase. As the prosecution files out of the room, Ashton has a confident feeling in his gut. He knows that the evidence is thin, but if this jury can't see what the rest of America sees, then there is not much more he could have done. But now, for the first time in over a month, it's not up to Ashton or Baez. 12 Floridians now have the fate of Casey Anthony's life in their hands. Will she go to prison until she dies? Or will she return to civilian life with no legal repercussions? It's July 5th, 2011. The courthouse in Orlando is packed to the brim. In restaurants and homes around the country, people are glued to their television screens to witness one of the biggest events of their lifetime. The Casey Anthony trial verdict. Casey sits quietly at the defense table. She's in a long-sleeved pink blouse with her hair pulled back tightly into a ponytail. Her nerves are visible as she stares at the floor in front of the table. To her right is her lead defense attorney, Jose Baez. He's in a brown suit with a brown tie and is sitting upright in his chair. To her left is Dorothy Sims, who places a supportive hand on the 25-year-old's shoulder. Presiding Judge Belvin Perry stretches out to his left to grab a thin stack of papers from the deputy. The sounds of camera shutters and murmurs from the crowd make time feel like it's standing still. He carefully scans over each page one by one... Before bringing them back together and handing them to the clerk. Years of lies, sadness, anger, and disappointment have led to this exact moment. And now it's time to hear the result of the trial of the century. The verdicts of all seven charges are read aloud.
4: Would a defendant rise along with counsel? Madam Clerk, you may publish the verdicts.
6: In the Circuit Court for the Ninth Judicial Circuit in and for Orange County, Florida, State of Florida versus Casey Marie Anthony, as to case number 2008 CF 15606-0, as to the charge of first-degree murder, verdict as to count one. We the jury find the defendant not guilty, so say we all, dated at Orlando, Orange County, Florida, on this fifth day of July, 2011, signed for person. As to the charge of aggravated child abuse, verdict is to count two. We the jury find the defendant not guilty, so say we all, dated at Orlando, Orange County, Florida, this fifth day of July, 2011, signed for person. As to the charge of aggravated manslaughter of a child, Verdict as to count three. We, the jury, find the defendant not guilty. So say we all, dated at Orlando, Orange County, Florida, this fifth day of July, 2011, signed for person. As to the charge of providing false information to a law enforcement officer, verdict as to count four. We, the jury, find the defendant guilty of providing false information to a law enforcement officer as charged in the indictment. So say we all dated Orlando, Orange County, Florida, this fifth day of July, 2011, signed for person. As to the charge of providing false information to law enforcement officer, verdict is to count five. We, the jury, find the defendant guilty of providing false information to a law enforcement officer as charged in the indictment. So say we all dated Orlando, Orange County, Florida, this fifth day of July, 2011, signed for person. As to the charge of providing false information to a law enforcement officer, verdict is to count six. We, the jury, find the defendant not, gu- sorry. We, the jury, find the defendant guilty of providing false information to a law enforcement officer as charged in the indictment. So say we all Data Orlando, Orange County, Florida, this 5th day of July 2011, signed for person. As to the charge of Providing false information to a law enforcement officer. Verdict is to count seven. We, the jury, find the defendant guilty of providing false information to a law enforcement officer as charged in the indictment. So say we all, dated Orlando, Orange County, Florida, this fifth day of July, 2011, signed for person.
0: Across the nation, people watch as the weight is visibly lifted from Casey's shoulders. Upon the reading of the verdicts for counts one through three, She drops her head and begins to cry with a relieved look on her face. After the clerk polls the jury individually, Casey turns to give Baez an emotional hug. Tears continue to stream from her eyes as she follows Baez to the stand in front of the judge for the official adjudgment. Following this, she is escorted out of the courtroom to be processed into jail on four counts of providing false information to a law enforcement officer. When she returns, Judge Perry officially concludes the trial.
4: Therefore, the law gives you a unique privilege not to speak about your jury work. Although you are at liberty to speak with anyone about your deliberations, you are also at liberty to refuse to speak to anyone. A request to discuss either your verdict or your deliberations may come from those who are simply curious or from those who might seek to find fault with you. From the media, from attorneys or elsewhere, it will be up to you to decide whether to preserve your privacy as jurors. Again, thank you. You're hereby discharged, discharge, and I will see you shortly back in the jury room. Thank you. You may be seated, His court is in recess.
0: Once again, Baez and Casey embrace each other with a hug. After congratulating one another, the defense team finds their way out of the courtroom to begin their press conference. After prefacing the session by telling the members of the media that questions will not be allowed, Dorothy Sims speaks into the microphone first. She introduces the rest of the defense team, and one by one, they give their names. Then, Cheney Mason speaks to the press. After a few brief comments from the assistant defense attorney, Jose Baez shares his thoughts.
5: I want to start off by saying that um, while we're happy for Casey, uh, there are no winners in this case. Um, Kaylee has passed on far, far too soon, and... What my driving force has been for the last three years has been always to make sure that there has been justice for Kaylee and Casey, because Casey did not murder Kaylee. It's that simple. And today, our system of justice has not dishonored her memory by... A false conviction.
0: To conclude his message to the media, Baez says exactly what the outcome of this trial means to him personally.
5: I, the, the, the best feeling that I have today is that I know I can go home and my daughter will ask me, what did you do today? And I, and I can say I saved a life.
0: It's October 13th, 2011. It's been three months since Casey was cleared of all charges regarding the death of Kaylee. Today, Casey is in her house alone, as she has been since the trial. She's propping up a new camcorder on her desk, the one she purchased for her new personal video diary. She's cut her hair short, really short, and she's also dyed it blonde. She's in a white tank top with thick rimmed glasses. She leans forward in her chair hits record and begins talking and despite the video being intended for personal use it somehow found its way to the internet three months later in january of 2012 and it marks her first quote-unquote public appearance since the trial
7: so this is my first video diary it is october 13th which is a thursday 2011. i guess to start off this one um Just a few updates from the last few days. There really hasn't been all too much going on, except now for this. And I know it's going to be a while since I leave. I'll be here for many, many months more, even if I'm only here for six months, even if I get off probation early. I'll still be here at least until February, the end of February. Seven months, March, my birthday. It's just either way. whether it's six months or it's a year from now or a year from the middle of August. I don't know this has just been such a blessing in so many ways just a little surreal how much things have changed since July and how many things haven't changed Guys, this is again the first of many and I'm looking forward to this. It's a little scary because I hate being on camera, but I don't know. I need to conquer that fear at some point and this is a good start. So here's something. It's the end of the first, just the beginning.
0: Casey could not have been more spot on. This truly was the beginning as much as it was the end. In 2012, Jose Baez published his book, Presumed Guilty, Casey Anthony, The Inside Story. It was a New York Times bestseller. In 2013, a movie starring Rob Lowe titled Prosecuting Casey Anthony, based on the book written by prosecutor Jeff Ashton, which was also a New York Times bestseller, hit the theaters. It currently has a four-star rating by viewers on Amazon. In 2017, a miniseries from Investigation Discovery, titled Casey Anthony, An American Murder Mystery, took center stage on the network. And here we are, nine years later in 2020, and this story still captures the wonder of people around the world. Theories have come and gone, but one fact still remains the same as it was in 2008. There is only one person who knows what happened to Kaylee, and her name is Casey Marie Anthony. You can run on for a long
4: time, run on for a long time, run on for a long time. Sooner or later, gotta cut you down, sooner or later, gotta cut you down.
0: From FO1 Media. This was the final episode of the story of how Casey Anthony became the most hated woman in America. A note about the information you heard in this episode it was all based on our best research. And if you would like to learn more about this story, we recommend the sources previously mentioned in the episode. We've placed links to them individually in the episode notes. You can listen and subscribe to more FO1 Media content at FO1.media or on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite shows. For updates, follow FO1 Media on Twitter and Facebook. All you have to do is search FO1 Media. And if you enjoyed this series, which I really hope you did, we ask that you leave us a five-star rating and review. It's the best way to help other listeners find this series. Thank you for streaming. This episode was edited and executive produced by me, Brett Esch. Written and researched by myself and Carmen Morales for F01 Media.